0: what is good whisper nation the fantasy whispers are back and who says it's too early to talk about running back rankings definitely not us the early ppr fantasy football 2019 running back rankings right here on the fantasy whispers
1: It's Monday, May 13th, and you're listening to episode 59 of the Fantasy Whisperers with your hosts, Big Travi and Johnny Game Time Hicks. And I'm Chelsea. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, we are back with another episode, Travis, and not just any episode. We're talking the top 10 PPR running backs for the 2019 season. Travis, Everyone, everyone loves running back rankings, so we got to do yeah. a show about it, right?
0: Yeah, it's so great. We get that mix of hypotheticals here in the offseason and those hypothetical rankings. But I think what's great about the style that we want to produce this year is that we're not just going to go over, guys, every single guy and dive deep into you and kind of bore you with that. We want to talk about those tough decisions, especially in the first round. We're talking the top 10 this week. And so we're looking at uh, you know those guys that really are the tough decisions to make in the first round. We're going to spend a little more time on those guys. We're going to talk about all 10. But we're going to really dive into those guys that you're really having a hard time deciding between. And before we get into today's show, I just want to say thank you
2: to Whisper Nation for joining us. If you aren't a part of Whisper Nation at the moment, you can easily become a part of it by just going to thefantasywhispers.com. We've got all of our social media links right up there to our YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Join the community. It's a lot of fun, as well as hit that like and subscribe button if you're on youtube so you get notifications anytime that we go live as well as travis this past weekend was mother's day and i know that all mothers their deep deep wish is to win a fantasy championship and they could do that (laughs) so send them on over to the fantasy whispers if you don't have your mom if you haven't given your mom a gift yet just say hey mom Go check out the Fantasy Whispers. There's your
0: gift right there. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, if if you want to make your mom proud, and you just feel like you're too old to put something on the fridge, put a fantasy football championship in your house. Yep, she'll she'll definitely be proud of you then. Exactly. My All mom right. was
1: watching the mock uh, the mock drafts for the Lady Listening League last year. The whole time, she's kept rewatching it. So it's good. It's good <laughs> See? content, y'all.
0: Mothers are proud. They don't care what you're doing. Exactly.
2: All right. So we are going to jump in. We're going to start off with the number 10 ranked uh, running back for us, Travis, and that is Joe Mixon running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Travis, there are a bit of a con- some concerns here, which is why we have them in the later part of this running back rankings. But I want to know more specifically for you, what are the key things that you're looking at going into the season? What kind of downside do you see from Joe Mixon as well?
0: Not seeing a ton of downside outside of injury. Obviously, he only played in 14 games last year, but this dude still finishes the RB10 in PPR rankings. You look at where he was going last year in drafts, and it was middle of the second, end of the second. Um, He's climbed himself up out of, you know, pure, you know, Just getting it done, he's climbed himself up into the rankings now. He's in the top 10, and I look at what Zach Taylor will bring as the new head coach of the Bengals. This is a Rams disciple. He's going to want to use him as maybe his Todd Gurley. You know, We looked at what the Bengals did last year with their offensive line. They brought in a lot of free agents, and then this year they used their first-round pick on Jonah Taylor out of Alabama. So they're definitely committed into beefing up the line and running this offense through Joe Mixon. His usage in the passing game has gone up in both of his two years here, and he tied Saquon Barkley in catch percentage last year with 79.8. So we're talking about a guy that is a capable receiver, and I think Cincinnati plans to use him that way.
2: Yeah, for me – I, I do have my concerns. Uh, you talked about he had four, you know, the injury concern. He's only averaged fourteen games per season, so you're gotta you gotta build that into the fact that you're where you're drafting him at. You gotta expect that he's gonna miss at least two games, right? We do the same thing with Gronk. When Gronk played, we you know give him a discounted rate. I think you have to do that with Joe Mixon. Uh, you talked about the the receptions. Although yes, he catches the vast majority of his receptions. Travis, I'm a little concerned because the last two years he's only had 30 receptions and 43 receptions so in order for him to take that giant leap into the top five of the running back you know selection here he's got to get those pass catching. you know he's got to he's got to catch more balls out of the backfield 43 and 30 is not going to get it cut is not going to cut it in order to um, try to improve on his draft capital there Uh, I also want to say that the games where he didn't finish as an RB1, so uh, in seven of the 14 games, he finished as an RB1, and the games he didn't finish as an RB2 or better, he finished as 25, 33, 27, 27, and 33. So he is getting you some value, but from your number one running back, which you would be selecting him because he's going in in the first round right now, there, there is a lot of concern there uh, with Joe Mixon, and I might be looking elsewhere at different positions than drafting Joe Mixon this year.
0: Yeah, you talk about Joe Mixon and wanting to get him to the top five. Let's talk about a guy who finished in the top five consistently, and he's been number one last year or close to it uh, in a large stretch. Todd Gurley of the Los Angeles Rams is is our number nine ranked running back. We're not going to spend a ton of time here only because we're in May and we don't know what's going on with his knee right now. We know he has arthritis. We know that's not curable. We know that when they use Todd Gurley, they want to run him into the ground essentially. And so for me, that role sets up as one of the highest profile running backs with the highest injury risk we've seen coming into the first round in a long time. One thing I do want to say, Travis,
2: that I thought was very, very interesting, and that is you look at the last four years of his his career, he finished 7th, 17th, 1, and 1. All right, In the 12 of the 14 games, he was an RB1, in nine of which he was a top five running back. So if he plays, there's a good chance he's going to be a top five running back. And in the two games that he didn't play in, C.J. Anderson was the RB5 and the RB2. The reason I'm saying this is if you do take Todd Gurley, and I know we're not going to spend a lot of time on him, but if you do end up taking Todd Gurley, you got to draft up a little bit and take uh, Henderson, I believe, as well. Because if he does fill in, I think you're, you're hedging your bet there. And I think no matter what running back starts for the L.A. Rams, they are going to produce top 10 value. So that's where I would go if you're looking at the Todd Gurley selection there, Travis.
0: Yeah, I agree. And we talk about top value and these running backs in these, you know, we're looking at a lot of thoroughbred, really uh, consistent running backs in these later rankings. And that brings us to our number eight guy and Le'Veon Bell, another guy that's finished top five consistently at the position, gets a new team, gets a new contract with the New York Jets. And that money, Johnny, does that, that means more carries, right? They're going to be committed to this guy. They're going to take, yeah, that's, that's what we want to do. So I know the concern from, you know, Whisper Nation and people out there is Adam Gase, right? That's your major concern. We look at his track record with uh, Kenyon Drake, but I don't think we can compare Kenyon Drake to Le'Veon Bell. And when I look at the actual track record of running backs under Adam Gase, in 2013, you had NoSean Moreno, who was the RB4 in PPR scoring. In 2014, he had C.J. Anderson in Denver, who was the RB11 in PPR scoring. And then in 2015, Matt Forte, another guy that comps well to Le'Veon Bell as far as receiving skills, he was the RB7 in PPR scoring. You look at dump off Darnold, as I like to call him, (laughs) because he is young. He's going to be checking down a lot. You look at the running backs last year, they all combined for 68 receptions last year. That would have been good for seventh in the NFL. So the work is there for him. And I think he's got a great value here at the end of the first round. If he pops off, you could be looking at a real good, you know, steal, if you will, if you can get a steal in the first round.
2: Yeah, I I mean, Le'Veon Bell is a guy that I'm consistently, you know, diving into more and more just because you know he took the year off Travis he's got over 1200 total touches on that body but I want to look more so at the cards and the tea leaves of Adam Gase a little bit and last year if you look at the Miami Dolphins now I I understand I and I agree with you that Kenyon Drake is not the same type of running back as Le'Veon Bell But you look at their team as a whole, and there are some concerns. They only were able to run uh, 54.9 average uh, plays per game, which was dead last in the NFL, even worse than my Arizona Cardinals, which couldn't move the sticks to save their lives. That's concerning to me. Uh, They also ranked 25th overall in rushing attempts per game with 23.2. This is also concerning considering that you've got to get Le'Veon Bell 20 touches in the running game per you know, per game and then add in some receiving yards there. So there are some concerns with his workload and how much Adam Gates is going to be able to move the ball there. But uh, Le'Veon Bell is definitely one of those guys that could definitely you know, return a, a greater amount of value than where you draft him because people are concerned.
0: Yep, and but, then from Le'Veon Bell to the guy that's replacing him in Pittsburgh, we move to our number seven running back in James Conner. So really excited about James Conner's prospect as the year ended until we looked at Jalen Samuels and we kind of look at what's going on with there – Uh, Jalen Samuels is a talented guy he in his stint he did some work for Pittsburgh while James Conner was out and then you look at what Pittsburgh does they go and hire his old running back coach and bring him in so that's kind of concerning right Johnny you're like if this guy was fully embraced by his team he's a folk hero he beat cancer he's from Pittsburgh they loved James Conner. why do they need the old running backs coach from uh the guy that was behind him you look at what James Conner did. He finished his RB6 without playing in three of those games. I mean, if he plays all 16, he like he likely ended up as a top seven catcher from the running back position. So mm-hmm. that is just, I really like how they used him. They used him very similar to Le'Veon Bell. And there's an argument to say that he was more efficient than Le'Veon Bell. I know it's crazy to say, but there was a, stint. you know, it's a small sample size, but he was more effective than Le'Veon Bell in some extent.
2: Yeah, for me, Travis, when I'm looking at James Conner, you know, people want to throw out, you know, you know, like the the coaching change and uh, for the running back position. And although that is, you know, a little interesting and definitely raises an eyebrow, look at what we have here, Travis. You know, sometimes you know you got to call a duck a duck. And for me, the the coaching, yeah, I mean, the coaching staff has never. Not been a a workhorse type of of system so why all of a sudden would bringing in a you know yes I understand who the coach is but All of a sudden, you are going to veer from what you've been doing and what has made you so successful over the years. I just don't see it. I think that this is maybe a future move. I think that you know James Conner is in his. This is his fourth year, I believe, Uh, so it's a contract year. Maybe they don't want to go through the same disputes that they had with Le'Veon Bell, and you know maybe they're ready to move on after this year from James Conner because they realize it's more their system than the running back behind that system,
0: and so they're confident in in Samuel and. That's an interesting take, Johnny. You talk about how they want to maybe pressure James Conner even, too. Maybe it's a motivation factor like, hey, don't turn into Le'Veon Bell. We've got guys behind you that are capable. Um, I also think that I've been reading some stuff on the Pittsburgh Steelers beat writers, and what they think is the reason the Steelers haven't gone over the hump is they haven't been as innovative on offense. And so they may try to veer from what they've been doing. Tomlin uses one back, but maybe they feel like – They're not the Rams or the Chiefs yet, and that's because they don't mix in more back. So watch training camp. Watch how this progresses. We'll know there. Um, And then moving on now to your guy in your backyard, you've got to be stoked on, especially with Kyler Murray coming to town. David Johnson, running back for the Arizona Cardinals, comes in as our number six running back in PPR. And six is this magic number for me because you look at what Cliff Kingsbury has done. And since 2014, his running backs in college have matched the six most targets, six most receptions, fifth most receiving yards, and sixth most first downs in the NCAA. These are big numbers, especially you talk about a guy... You know, If you were a, a GM who had David Johnson on your roster last year, you were very upset with how he was used in the passing game. You've got to be very excited about where he is. And we talked about this earlier in the in the offseason. We felt like David Johnson, if um, Kyler Murray was drafted, would creep up into that ADP. It's already happening. He was where Joe Mixon was at the end of these rounds, yeah. uh, this first round. But now he's creeped up into the middle, kind of where he belongs, in my opinion. I'm sure you share that. Uh, opinion of as well I think what they've done on defense means more opportunities for David Johnson give the ball back to the offense and my only concern is the offensive line but we've actually seen the Cardinals be committed to that trading for linemen picking Mm -hmm. up linemen in the offseason and in the draft as well so really like what the Cardinals have done here really like what their you know what their offense projects to be even in a first year head coach first year quarterback uh, David Johnson is going to be the one constant in this offense.
2: Yeah, for me, I think you know. Unfortunately, I I don't see myself owning a lot of DJ shares this this year because I think he'll be drafted before I can get any value on him, and so that that doesn't that doesn't bode well for me. But I'm I'm telling you, Whisper Nation, if you get can get this guy to me, he is six is the perfect spot for him. He's going to be 27 next year. He'll be in the prime of his career. We got to remember that he took, you know, he basically had a whole year off because he had the wrist injury a couple of years ago. But this guy is, you know, the mileage on his legs are pretty low. You finally have a coach, you know, as you alluded to in all the stats that is going to be able to use him and use him effectively effectively. And so for me, yeah, the offensive line may not be one of the best offensive lines, but they did bring in people. They do have uh, Kyler Murray, who will be effective and will have a positive impact on David Johnson. And so for me, even with as bad of a season as David Johnson had last year, he still was a top 10 running back in PBR standard. So yes, he wasn't, you know, he, he was taken way early, but to me Travis he is going to return his value you know i'm more i'm more guaranteeing he'll return his value than a lot of these other guys that are going around
0: or even before him right now currently in drafts yeah you, i don't blame you and uh, we talk about a guy that like is as consistent as they come next at our number 5 position yeah. Melvin Gordon Basically rolls out of bed. If he's playing, he rolls out of bed with twenty plus points in PPR, just, and you can act- just like just like in uh, Talladega Nights, he wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Melvin Gordon is the top of the crop, so we won't spend a lot of time here. Listen, if you're not going to be a Melvin Gordon truther, I want you to meet us in our DMs yeah. and we can discuss this in further detail because Melvin Gordon is the man. And if you are doubting him, then you're just not looking at the Chargers and what they've done with him and, yeah. and how he's progressed as a runner. Um, by the end of this year, I think they give him that contract extension. And I think this yeah. guy proves that who he's supposed to be. Uh, for the chargers and all I want to say eighth fifth
2: and seventh. Those are the finishes of last year. And this guy is still going as the fifth running back this year. It, the hate has gone too far on Melvin Gordon. I love Melvin Gordon. I love his value, and he possibly could be the best value other than David Johnson in the entire first round. Because people year after year sleep on this guy. Now, nine out of twelve weeks, he finished as an RB one. Travis, eleven of the twelve weeks, he finished as an RB two or better. You can't get much better value at the number five pick selection there for me.
0: So speaking of sleeping, nobody is sleeping on Christian McCaffrey not anymore. anymore. He's our he's our number four uh running back and just a side note here has nothing to do with uh well maybe it does have something to do with his ranking. Have you seen the picture of this dude coming oh out of training? Oh my gosh, <laughs>
2: he put on talk dude about
0: is Dude, does he even lift bro?
2: Yeah, like what do you? I want to be on that same workout plan. Jeez, the dude, dude is like putting jacked. DK
0: Metcalf to shame, dude. I don't right? understand it.
2: But it, it's so going Chris to be
0: good, McCaffrey.
2: Travis. I I think that he did that because of his usage. He had 343 total touches last year, and I don't see that slowing down this year. They didn't bring any, you know, monster offensive weapon. Chris Hogan is not gonna, you know, take away a lot of uh, touches when it comes to uh, Christian McCaffrey. He had eight top five finishes. You gotta love that from a, a guy that you are getting at the fourth pick right here. And he was an RB two or better fourteen out of the sixteen weeks. So, uh, and one of which, uh, one of those weeks, Travis was week seventeen. Which, if you are playing into week seventeen as a fantasy league, you need to turn just get off of that, get get away from that. Uh, so Quit you're that league. right, exactly. So Christian McCaffrey is one of the most consistent running backs that that you can get when it comes to fantasy football.
0: Yeah, I mean Listen, we're talking about him beefing up. I don't know if there's any correlation, but the dude was used on 96% of his snaps last year. So if you want something to kind of mean that he can withstand that, this seems like a good bet. Like if you're stronger, maybe you can get hit more. Yeah, I don't know if that correlates. I've, I've actually looked at studies that Gene Brammel from the fo- fantasy football guys or uh, the football guys uh, online has done, and he says there's not really a ton of uh, correlation to that. Well you're looking at a guy last year that broke the RB reception record with 108 catches last year. He's essentially their number one wide receiver uh, for a, a system under Cam who... Hasn't been the most consistent downfield passer in his career, right. so this is he. He's married perfectly to the quarterback, and I think that's my only concern, Johnny. If Cam Newton goes down, you have to take a step back for Christian McCaffrey. But as far as PPR, this guy is the most consistent as they come. Mm-hmm. Uh, right here, the big debate, and we'll get into this obviously because we'll talk Alvin Kamara next. You know, we ended up with Alvin Kamara nudged just ahead of Christian McCaffrey, but that's the big debate going on in standard and PPR is. Right. You know, Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey, and it's basically pick your poison. Do you want that safe floor with Christian McCaffrey, who's going to get you those points? He's going to get you it every week. Or do you want that upside that Alvin Kamara brings? Um, It's tough to talk about by right now, but I just, I really love what Christian McCaffrey brings. Norv Turner has set him up to be the guy. And now. Uh, moving on to that Alvin Kamara pick as our number three running back just one more thing Travis before we move yeah.
2: on to uh, Alvin Kamara. the other thing that we want I really want to make note of is they they didn't bring anyone in from the draft in at the running back was uh, Position yeah, they didn't you know, they didn't draft anyone right so that's got to make it even more of a sure thing that they trust and if if last year didn't you know show it they definitely have a lot of faith in Christian McCaffrey that he can handle the workload so uh, any questions on that front for me are all squandered.
0: Yeah, and then there's the you know Alvin Kamara moving on here in the New Orleans Saints running back. He actually has a little bit of different story than Christian McCaffrey. Yes, Mark Ingram left town. They bring in Latavius Murray, so some concern for fantasy owners out there is you know is Latavius Murray going to be that new Mark Ingram that poaches things from them? I actually tend to think that that's not the case. I think they're going to even peel back more work for Alvin Kamara. But we've also looked at a guy in Alvin Kamara who hasn't needed to, needed right. a ton of work. Yep. Because he's super efficient, the most efficient running back that we could probably talk about today. He has the highest average depth of target of any running back, and it's not close 1.9 yards. So every time he's catching the ball, he's already got two yards on you, and that's perfect for uh, PPR. He's got a ridiculous fantasy points per touch rate of 1.27. The guy is special. You can see it. And if you're af- after two years, you're debating if he's special then you don't belong playing fantasy football cuz you got to look at this guy and go wow like he's really a video game wowing you out there and i think now Sean Payton finally gets to pull off the curtain even more mm-hmm. Latavius Murray is not Mark Ingram he's not yeah. as good as Mark Ingram and so i don't think you have to be that concerned with Alvin Kamara
2: Yeah i completely agree and then when you look at you know the upside there is without Al- uh, without Mark Ingram when they gave Alvin Kamara the majority of the workload, he finished uh, he finished four of the first five weeks that, that Mark Ingram wasn't there as an RB1, including the number one overall running back three out of the first four weeks. So, Travis, his upside is the best running back in football. You look at um, his total season, he had 194 rushing attempts, up from 120. Yes, his yards per carry went down from 6.1 to 4.6, but that's still super healthy. And even if that comes down even more, let's say it goes down to four, Travis, and he gets over the 200 rushing attempts, which I can definitely see, he's still going to be super effective. And then, by the way, he's had back-to-back seasons with over 100 targets. So his floor, to me, is is higher than most people would think. You know, and, and I think that people are going to be scared away from Latavius Murray. But, okay, uh, if I'm in that four spot and Alvin Kamara slips to me because the owner of, you know, the three spot is scared about that, I'm walking away from the draft in the first round saying I got myself a steal because there is an argument that Alvin Kamara could be taken number one overall and, I you know, I wouldn't be a huge advocate. Ad- I I can't even speak right now against that.
0: (laughs) All right. But yeah, no. uh, Oh, go ahead. I agree. I agree with you. And you talk about his ceiling being number one running back. I just think of those four games without a Mark Ingram, that game against the Giants. He had 19 carries, 134 yards. He averaged 7.1 per carry and scored three times. Like that's his ceiling. You're talking about a dude that just kills it when he's given the opportunity because of that efficiency. Talk about
2: efficiency, Travis.
0: Ezekiel
2: Elliott might be one of the most efficient running backs we've seen in a long time. He had 8 of 15 games. He was an RB1. 15 of 15 games, he was an RB2 or better. Talk about consistency, Travis. It's about as consistent as you can get. Um, The big knock that people are going to talk about is, oh, well, now they have Amari Cooper. He's going to be less effective. They're going to use him less in the red zone. Well, that's not necessarily true. Before Amari Cooper last year, he had 47 targets, which he caught 37 of them for 240 yards. But then after uh, Amari Cooper got traded to the Dallas Cowboys, he had 54 receptions on 71 targets for 378 yards and
0: two touchdowns. So they actually
2: used him a little bit more here in the passing Yeah.
0: I'm so glad you brought up Cooper because that's the big scare factor that everybody wants to talk to. It's the wrong narrative. You got to look at the other side of it. When we get granular and we look at what happened here, he averaged 5.1 catches per game. Okay. On the year, but that was 3.5 without Cooper, 3.5 a game without Cooper, 6.7 with Cooper. Yeah. So he definitely caught the ball. And speaking of catching the ball, nobody caught the ball more as a rookie running back than Saquon Barkley this dude is a stud. He comes in as our number one PPR-ranked running back. It's not close. If you look at the industry, everybody kind of agrees about this, especially uh, PPR. It was just incredible to see the usage he got right off the bat. It was amazing. Perfectly. We talk Behind about a terrible McCaffrey. offensive line, too. Right. We talk about McCaffrey being married to Cam Newton in a perfect system for a perfect quarterback. Eli Manning is the perfect quarterback for fantasy for Saquon Barkley yeah. because of his inefficiencies and dink and dunk. Um, you actually look at the exit of OBJ, and I know we put out some stats that saw the OBJ factor actually have an effect on Saquon in a negative light, but maybe on the whole of a season, this could actually mean even more work for Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about that one. Well, and I, I also want to point out the fact that when they get into the red
2: zone, now they don't have OBJ in the red zone or that go-to wide receiver. And so they're going to give Saquon the ball even more now. And you look at those weeks from 13 to 17 when OBJ was injured and out, he was still the RB4 on the, uh, during those weeks. So, yes, his production might go down a little bit, but it's not enough to be like, oh, I need to stay away from Saquon. So for me, I, for sure, Saquon Barkley in a PPR league is my number one uh, pick here.
0: All right, Chelsea, we went through our entire rankings. We didn't mess up at all, right?
1: No, you guys were really good. Um, it's definitely turned into the Melvin Gordon Truther podcast. So, uh, that <laughs> as, was cool. it,
2: as it should, as it should. Yeah,
1: No, no doubt. Um, the one thing that Johnny did make a mistake on, James Conner is not in a contract year. Actually, 2018 ah. was the beginning of a contract year. He has a four year deal with Pittsburgh. So, we'll see how that plays out. And I just oh, think it's interesting. Yeah, it makes yeah. the Jalen Samuels uh, running back coach hire a little bit. And maybe
0: it curious. is more of that motivation factor. I just, I got to think that's the only thing that kind of makes sense or, you know, Pittsburgh wanted to be innovative maybe.
1: Sure. The head games. Um, and then honestly, I sort of blacked out after you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, I just got into a deep image hole. Um, <laughs> <so thanks laughs> got lost that on one. the internet. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Maybe so it's Chelsea's, not even the Melvin Gordon truth yeah. or maybe it's the Christian McCaffrey like, drool fest yeah, we'll yeah. i'll Chelsea launch three. my own
1: podcast for that listen i can't
0: blame you man i yeah. like that you, you ever use those motivating pictures for the gym like oh yeah yeah that would be one i would look at at the gym just like i could be this one day no
2: chelsea's gonna put it as her new screensaver on yeah. on it it's already there i'm oh. like looking it's <laughs> it yeah. right now it's there yep all right, all right. Mission, uh we really appreciate you joining <laughs> us on today's show if you have any differences in what our, our PPR rankings are, we'd like to hear them. We want to leave a comment below in this video. As always, please like and subscribe or check out our other podcasts on any platform, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts. We are all there. Thank you so much, Whisper Nation. Until next time, we are the Fantasy Whispers. That's Big Travi. I'm Giant Game Time Hicks, and Chelsea is the woman behind the glass. We are out.
0: Peace. Peace.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers Podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.